Alrighty, everyone. Welcome back to the Story Well podcast. Uh, I am your host, Nathan Addis, and I have a very uh, special episode for us today. Today, I am joined by Tavian Gray. He is my best friend uh, here in McPherson College, but even back from good old Salt City, Hutchinson, Kansas, went to the same high school, went to the same two colleges together, middle school all the way back. Uh, And he and I have a lot of uh, similarities. And one of the things that we both love is telling stories. Um, And fortunately, we actually have a lot of stories that we share together. Um, And so, Tavian, I want you to take over just a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so like Nathan was saying, I mean, we've been super close since high school, but the thing that really got us together was uh, we both played drums and went through the Hutch High Band program together, and we had really became really good friends, really good, like really close in the early years of high school, and I remember just essentially one of the things that would happen every year was uh, we would take four or five of our marching uh, competitions every year and every time we did it we'd have like a four or five hour bus ride and so we'd always use this time to just become closer and more of a community in our drum line yeah, and, I, I don't mean to cut you off but I, I just remember that that's, that's where I remember laughing so hard that my gut would hurt um, and being so annoyed with people that I would you know consider myself very close to killing them but uh, you and I specifically would spend a lot of those a lot of that time messing around uh and honestly being more or less delinquents but yeah we really got to know each other through the uh drum line and i know you were setting yourself up for a story uh which i would ask you to get into here in just a second uh because this is personally one of my favorite stories and as we do here on the story well podcast we do not shame people for telling the same story multiple times which is good because i tell this story all the time but i, I love to hear you say it so uh, i know this happened what was this uh, what was I, this year i gotta say uh either i think we were sophomores were we either sophomores or juniors that i think we might have been juniors it was whichever year we yeah we were junior years because we were Carthage. it was reagan's senior year all right, well, yeah. How about you jump right into it, then? But, yeah, so, like, uh, we were both alluding to earlier, one of our, like, favorite events we would do every year in high school was we would go all the way through marching a season, like, and we'd start in late July. We'd have camps, practices every day. We'd have nightly practices, and we became super close. And then we'd have our huge three or four marching competitions a year where we started off by taking like a four or five hour bus ride or in this case it was an eight hour bus ride it was the mm. longest trip that we would do every year it was always our last trip was in Carthage Missouri and so I remember vividly we start packing up to get on the bus four hour less I think it's our last competition of our junior year and so everybody's excited. The seniors are, like, kind of upset. Not upset, but they're like, you know, oh, this is my last one. we got to make sure it's our best one. And so everybody is, like, super focused, super locked in. And we're putting all of our stuff on the bus. And my big thing, and it was essentially my defining trait through all of the band trips, was no matter what, I will always bring an unhumane amount of snacks and <laughs> card games. So that way, nobody is hungry and nobody's bored. And so, I very true. I remember normally this wasn't a problem, 
So I'd bring the stuff, uh, I'd bring our food on and I'd pack it on. Um, and normally what I would just bring is like, you know, Powerades, bags of chips, like cans of Sprite, Dodge Pepper and stuff like that. And normally it would be fine. So we get on our bus and we all just kind of had a feeling it was going to be like a weird or just like spontaneous trip where I was like something is going to go wrong. And so immediately we all sit down, we get in our rows and our bus driver just starts going over the rules and he just kind of says like normal bus driver stuff but he says his big one is no canned drinks like that was his big rule like he's like everything else is fine i don't care but no canned drinks so we're like okay this is awkward because i just brought like a 48 pack of dodgy peppers exclusively <laughs> in cans on a bus that's going to be an eight hour long ride and i've only got so many other drinks so at some point this is going to be addressed. <laughs> and remember this for later. So the bus, we take off, right? And we take four buses. And we, our thing was always, we were in, always in the back of the second bus, the percussion section. So we'd always sit together and get into God knows what kind of <laughs> mischief on the way up. And so about an hour or so goes by, we're starting to head, I would say it was north, uh, off of McPherson. And we kind of start to notice, like, you know, this dude's driving, like, you know, he's kind of driving a little reckless. And, but, like, <laughs> none of us want to come out and say it because, like, you know, it would be hypocritical for, like, a 16 or 17-year-old to tell a fully grown adult how to drive. That's but a very good point. But the, we look up, and the dude's, like, swerving back and forth, and then occasionally he's just driving in the middle of the lane, not even driving, like, to pass somebody, but just driving just in the middle of the lane. And, and I I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, that's something that's actually stayed with us in, in our friend group since that day, uh, was driving in the middle of the road is known as Larry's Lane. Larry was the name of the bus driver. And, you know, if I'm driving down the road and there's something happening on the shoulder and, you know, you kind of give them room, like I, I still call that, you know, merging into Larry's lane, just driving directly down the middle of the road. A little bit different in, you know, a civilian car as opposed to a village tour, you know, 50 passenger bus. And so, yeah, like on the way up, I mean, really, that's the running joke for like eight or so hours is like, what is this dude's deal? He's driving wild. He's got headphones on. So we end up making it there safe, miraculously. Somehow. But the real story is on the way back and so on the way back we start we get our rating i'm sure we probably did really well and we pack up because we've got a seven and a half hour drive back home and on the way back it's a relatively safe drive i mean nothing really of note goes on like there's no huge fight or huge wreck or anything but it gets to about two o'clock in the morning and a detail that I forgot to mention was not only did Larry drive wild, but he drove fast, very fast. So this will be important <laughs> later. And so it gets to like 3 in the morning. Mostly everybody is asleep except for Nathan, our good friend, our drum captain at the time, Reagan and I. Uh, we're the only people awake, and except this one girl, Liz, who I'll bring up later. So it's us three sitting in the back of the bus. We're all just talking. We're all starting to get hungry. And I'm starting to think, like, I haven't eaten in, like, four or five hours. I'm, what all do I have left? I look up, and all I've got is that unopened box of Dr. Pepper. And I say, you know what? <laughs> enough was enough. 
I need to take a calculated risk. Yeah, because it's, it's 2 in the morning. You know, who's going to tell that, you know? It's 2 in the morning. He's got headphones on. It's we're like eight or so miles in front of every other bus there. So, you know what? Who cares? And you know what? We're like an hour from Hutchins. So, even if I do get in trouble, I don't care because it's <laughs> two in the morning. So, I look up and I'm sitting next to our good buddy Colton, who's absolutely passed out. I, I wake up, well, not wake up, I stand up, open the cupboard, get a can, make the like sound, open it. And it was like a scene in a video game where time stops because it's as soon as I open it, not even a second later, the bus slams into a screeching halt. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, okay, uh, I've just opened Pandora's box. I gotta do something with this. I can't be caught holding this. And I feel bad because I like to think of myself as a good friend, but I have set my friends up for failure one time. And it was directly when that happened. I had my <laughs> Canada Dr. Pepper. My good friend Colton, who was asleep, just hit his head on the seat before him. I put the Dr. Pepper in his hand, pretend to be passed out. This driver makes an absolute beeline, like is, is hauling. He's really picking him up, putting him down, making it to the back seat. And I remember looking over at Nathan, who was just picking himself up off the floor to end up going to find just an empty spot to sit in. So that way he doesn't get in trouble. So that way he's not in the way. He ends up going and sitting with one of our good friends, his current fiance, <laughs> small world, and ends up sit, uh, sitting and pretending to be asleep next to her. Our drum captain just, I don't know what she was doing. I think she pretended to be asleep. And so I, I find I'm getting him up off the floor. I put this drink in my buddy Colton's hand, and I just... And I'm starting to pretend to be asleep, but I'm breathing so heavy. Like, if he's paying attention, he'll obviously know that I'm not asleep. <laughs> and so he keeps walking, and he's about three feet from me. And I really duck down and hide, and he keeps walking. He walks past me. And I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, so there's something <laughs> going on, because clearly Reagan or Nate's done something behind me, and he sees them. He keeps going, marches to the back of the bathroom, opens it up, and it's in the bathroom for the next ten minutes. And then... <laughs> After that, makes a beeline back up to the front of the door, of the front of the bus, continues driving. And re I remember earlier when I had said he drives really fast, and we were like eight miles ahead of those other buses. We still didn't see those other buses. We ended <laughs> up pulling in to Hutch High about 15 minutes before all these other buses did. And so I just remember my, like, my biggest takeaway was I had never been more stressed in my high school life during that situation and the one thing my calling card memory that I go back to was as soon as that's happening I'm stressed looking around for answers Nate's stressed looking around for answers uh, or <laughs> solutions I should say or Reagan's looking around for a solution and I look over and the girl in our band is the only other person who's awake she's got like her iPod in and her headphones turned all the way up and she is air drumming like this hardcore death metal and is the only other person who was awake and I don't think would have noticed if the bus was on fire because of how <laughs> intense she was into it. And I just remember that was my biggest takeaway was A, he really doesn't like cans. <laughs> B, he really had to go to the bathroom and C, none of the world's problems ever matter if you've got headphones and like an iPhone with cell, say, cell data with music <laughs> going so that is my interpretation of my f 
far and away my favorite high school story, and it's become a staple in our friend group for years now. Uh, it and it it for sure is like I, as a person who also lived through that, I cannot accurately describe how intense it was that moment of cracking open the can and cracking open a can is a very distinct sound you know it's the it it just felt like that sound dragged on forever but eventually that sound stopped but what you were hearing was the tires screeching on the ground it was that sudden that you heard the and we were well i was standing up in the aisle so i was being thrown down the aisle but it it was that fast and i i genuinely thought one of us was gonna die because of that (laughs) i remember thinking if i had to explain to somebody else it was like the scene in the first spider-man movie with sam raimi directing where peter gets bit by the spider and he's in the the hallway about to fight flash thompson and everything is moving really slowly (laughs) but it's like everything is moving really slowly to me but i'm moving at normal speed like everything else around me is at like half speed and i'm fully aware of what's going on and I'm just, like, powerless to stop this. So I just remember feeling I was just stuck in a time loop for an event that was, like, maybe 30 seconds that felt like it was two hours. Oh, I, I can for sure attest to that. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, you know, uh, not not every story has to have a huge, you know, morality pitch at the end of it. And I think this is a perfect example uh, of just a story that can be enjoyed as a story. Um and of course, that is what we aim for here on the Story Well podcast. But I want to uh, offer a formal thank you to Tavian for joining me on the show. I would love to have you on again at some point. Uh, but that's going to wrap us up for today. So I hope you will join me on the next episode of Story Well when we have another new guest. But uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. All right, take care.